ladies and gentlemen, how are you doing? How are you living? Austin Cunningham and Justin Trees here to preview week three of the NFL schedule. Can't wait. A lot of big matchups this week. Some injuries going on in the NFL. An NFL legend has passed away. Team or players, excuse me, are re-signing with new teams after injuries. Trees, let's get into it, my man. Do you have Trees Sivia for us today? Or are we rolling right into news around the league? I mean, I do have a tree civia, but it's a longer one. And honestly, there's just too much stuff going on. Like our rundown is like 18 lines long, not counting all the games. So let's just dive into this. We'll go into tree civia next week. Perfect. You got it then. So the first thing that we need to talk about, Tyrod Taylor did not play the game on Sunday against the Kansas City Chiefs in the home opener for the Los Angeles Rams. Instead, it was Justin Herbert finding out he's getting the starting job about 10, 15, 30 seconds before the game starts. News comes out today that Tyrod Taylor actually had his lung punctured by the team doctor trying to give him a shot to numb his ribs. Turns out, you know, that's really not that uncommon of a thing to happen because you're so close to the lungs, putting a shot right in there at the ribs to try and numb that. You hate to see this for Tyrod Taylor. The only thing that I question is how did they break the news to Tyrod Taylor? Was it a possibility of like, ooh, yikes, man. We uh, There's a possibility I pushed this thing right into your lung and just deflated that bad boy. Or was it like a, oh, shit, I know exactly what I did. I'm going to assume it wasn't the oh, shit moment because he spent the entire game on the sideline gasping for air and chest and Kind of not necessarily complaining, but mentioning, hey, the chest pains are just not going away. Yeah, so that's actually interesting. You say it's not that uncommon. So I was listening to some radio today, uh, one you guys, but one some other people, and it was a former football player. And he said, how does that happen? Because usually the type of pain reliever shot that he got, you take in the butt. So he said, (laughs) I have no idea why they're putting it in his ribs or by his lungs you usually that specific type that they were doing is usually in the butt yikes well that's even worse then i mean like, as a team doctor if that if that shot usually goes in the old gluteus maximus why are you poking him in the lung homie doesn't make any sense it uh, does not and i mean of course it has to happen to the chargers right a team that's already known for being injured all the time and like is their medical staff good or not good um it it's hard it's hard to watch but one to what i'm all for it i'm on the justin herbert train i'm ready to watch him play again little little mr pac 12 action over here for you justin trees uh let's head to the next one christian mccaffrey is going to the ir I believe this is the short-term IR, excuse me, the short-term IR. little tongue twister there for myself. But he can re- he cannot return until week six. Jeez, I'm struggling on this one. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> but they put him to IR short-term. He cannot come back to week six. This is a good thing for Christian McCaffrey. Take as much time off as possible. At this point, it is only three weeks. But at that point in the year, maybe you just kind of give yourself another couple weeks to be like, hey, I don't want to come back until I am fully healthy. This team has nothing to play for at this point in the year. And no disrespect to Carolina Panthers, you just it's pretty obvious what you guys have going on for the future of that team, and it's not Teddy Bridgewater. I'm gonna to stick to it that he is the guy next year. I'm gonna I'm gonna to stay to it and they're gonna really? take the left tackle out of Oregon. Uh I'm I just think that that's what's gonna happen. And I think it's more because they're gonna win a few games this year. 
I think that's clear, and the Jets probably aren't. And so the like, yeah, that's the hard thing is because like the, them losing isn't Darnold's fault either for the Jets, but like there are, there's going to be a lot of teams that are towards the bottom that might be like, man, I kind of believe in our quarterback. I think the Carolina is one of them. I think the Jets will still be one of them. I mean, if the I Jags the- if the Jags end up losing, right? I could see them still believing in Minshew. Like, given again, I think the Jags end up winning enough games that they're not in that top bottom four. But I could see it. Man, you got a lot of confidence. I just, I, you have confidence in Teddy Bridgewater is what I mean by that. I just don't see him being the guy though, especially because they haven't looked good. I mean, they they looked okay again in Week One. Last week they didn't look very good. I don't. I mean, I didn't think Teddy looked very good. Honestly, he back got DJ Moore killed over the middle. But I got that man decapitated. But I had him break his freaking neck. You've seen The Longest Yard? You get that reference? Yes, I One of my favorite parts of that movie. I do. Um, so let's just move on from that because that is something that we can discuss later into the year, seeing how he plays. We are going to dive into that this week here for the Panthers as well. Uh, signings going on in the NFL. Quite a bit of them. Ziggy Ansah signs with the 49ers. Deion Jordan signs with the Niners as well. Cornerback Ross Cockrell. I believe I didn't mispronounce that there. Sometimes I struggle with names. Uh, He is with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and a wide receiver, Marcus Johnson, has gone to the Colts after the just brutal injury that happened to Paris Campbell. Like, seeing that hit happen and then him immediately grab for his knee, like, those are the type of things you see in movies. But then to see it in an actual game, it just was nasty. And I feel bad for Paris Campbell because that is just an awful way to go out of it, to just have your season be ended, truly. Yeah, I'm disappointed. I had him in fantasy. He was my late round sleeper. I was like, oh, feeling very, very good about this. You hate to see it because he just he struggled so much as a rookie, and you felt like, mm-hmm. okay, he finally came in, second year, new quarterback. He's ready to roll. So I agree. That one was a tough one to see. And um, it's, he got lucky that it wasn't an ACL injury, though. It is a PCL injury. So there is a chance, especially if they make a run towards the end of the season, that he could come back. Oh, so I was not aware of that. That is awesome. That's great news for him then. Yeah, I mean, it's still at least an eight-week injury, just to be mm-hmm. clear. But, like, there is chance. Like, they have not they have not ruled him out for the year. They say indefinitely because I think they still wanted to do some more tests last I read that they, they weren't really sure on how long it would be. So that's where we're at there. Um, so huge signings. Um, you obviously mentioned Ziggy Anza and Deion Jordan, two former top five picks. Uh, both defensive ends going in for the Niners and obviously makes sense, right? So you're, you lost three defensive linemen last week. You lost Nick Bosa, torn ACL, Solomon Thomas, torn ACL, and then D Ford is also went on short-term IR. Not good for the 49ers. Just, it's not at all coming a little strong there with the voice. So I apologize, but I mean, dude, this sucks for the Niners because I remember talking about this last year. It was like, you know, you look at the 49ers, and it's like their season is we're either competing for a Super Bowl or we are nowhere near it. And last year was clearly competing for a Super Bowl. This year with all these injuries, like even with Jimmy Garoppolo going down, he hasn't looked great this year. Matt has been talking about that all offseason, how Jimmy Garoppolo should not be the future of the 49ers, that they have an out coming up in the contract and they need to get out of it. Kyle Shanahan doesn't trust him as his quarterback. Ever since he started saying that and watching so far this year, I kind of get it. The dude is not very accurate with the football. 
And this is a guy that I thought was going to be MVP of the NFL last year coming off a knee injury. <sighs> Led the team to a Super Bowl. Barely. Not barely. You kind of blew through everyone on your way yeah. there, especially the NFC Championship game. But you as a quarterback individually was kind of scraping by there. So it's going to be interesting to see what this the rest of this year looks like for the San Francisco 49ers. I feel bad for their fan base because you know they're looking at this year as like a redemption-type season after losing the Super Bowl to the Kansas City Chiefs. And right now, the, I feel like that's just long gone. It's going to be hard to do that without two of your best defensive players, especially on the defensive line. You, you honestly, and no jokes aside again, you really do hate to see this. 100% hate to see it. So, all right. Uh, and, yeah, it is interesting to see what they're going to do with him once this year ends, right? Because, like you said, do have a, an out because I think dead cap hit is just under $3 million next year compared to I think it was like $26 million this year. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be very, very interesting to watch and see how that plays out. Um, let's move on to the next topic here, and that is going to be um, – Gail Sayers passed away. You mentioned at the start of the episode, a, a legend here, a former running back for the Chicago Bears. Um, I mean, a little old, or yeah, he's a little old for us. Like we were very young when this when he was playing. Um, he, were you even born yet? Is the bigger question. Um, no. <laughs> so, so, yeah. So. That, I mean, I don't think I was either, actually. I, I don't remember the exact year he passed away, but uh, for the record, I don't think I was, I was born either. So, but, I mean, an all-time great, right? You get to watch all the highlights. You always see that, especially you feel like you always see those highlights during Packers-Bears games on primetime games. You always see Walter Payton. You always see Gail Sayers and those types. So, uh, our condolences to his family. Yeah, and a guy who is from Kansas, so pretty close to home on where I'm living uh, and where I grew up as well. He went to Kansas. Uh, but this guy, he was the first type of running back that really took the world by storm. You know, he just comes in and is a super athletic freak of nature at the running back position, uh, being so elusive and quick and being able to stop and go. He was really that first type of player that you the NFL got to see. And then from there it was, you know, the legends of the NFL continued after that, but he kind of was the first one to pave that way and, you know, rewrote the the history books on what a running back could be uh, talent-wise. So it, it does suck to lose a legend like that. Uh, teasing peace to him and his family uh, and everyone that he was close with. A Hall of Fame player, a legendary career, and he is going to be greatly missed. Uh, so moving on, there is no easy way to transition from that, but we're going to try our best. There are coaches in the NFL that are getting fined for not wearing masks, $100,000 fines. And then the team is also getting fined another $225,000. That's a lot of money, but at the same time, it really sends the message of like, guys, we're not messing around. Wear the mask. <clears throat> it is confusing though to me, Trace, and I, we haven't talked about this yet, but I don't get why the coaches have to wear the mask if none of the players are and they're around the players and everyone's being tested as much as they are and there's no fans in the game. I'm I'm confused by it. Like, I get the policy, but it's confusing on why the coaches are the ones that have to wear the masks. I'm glad you said it because I 100% agree. <laughs> like, it doesn't make any sense that they have to. Like, I know. Like, I, 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 there's no words to explain it because it's so confusing you look everywhere on the field, no players are wearing masks. There's no fans in the games. People are on the sidelines. There's people you've been with. You've kind of created like a little mini bubble with your team. 
you're fine. You guys are being tested. Yep. The biggest thing I do for me wonder is if this is something tested. that changes. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry for cutting you off there. I, no, I'm just saying the, the biggest thing is like they're being tested every day anyways. So as long as they keep becoming coming back negative, one, you can be in the facility, and two, maybe that doesn't need to be had. And I can get it like maybe like during practices and like when you're walking around like the facility and stuff to try to play it as safe as possible. But like at a game, I kind of feel like like coaches obviously they're around the players, but like especially like the play callers, right? Like they're like mm-hmm. I almost feel like the play callers are in their own bubble. They're only looking right at the field. They're looking at their play sheet. Like they're not in players' faces. So I don't know. Yeah. It, it's it's weird to me as well. I've always thought the same thing. Given I am a pro mask person. Um, so like it's hard for me to also say that, but I don't know. Not say hard that I'm a pro mask person. Hard to say. Why do they have to wear a mask? Is what I meant. But. Yes. No. I'm. I think a lot of us are on the same page with you there. Uh, moving on, though, Deontay Freeman, another guy who just recently found himself on a new team. Uh, he is going to the New York Football Giants after Saquon Barkley is officially reported of tearing his ACL. I feel bad for Saquon Barkley because at first you had to start the year playing the way you did. You had to deal with that awful offensive line. And then this week, you it was like the play before he had an awkward landing where, you know, he kind of like hinged at his knee bothering him. Next play he goes in, makes contact, and then he tries to push off with his leg. Leg goes in, bam, you can, you can just tell it was a serious knee injury because he falls down, grabs it immediately. I feel bad for him in the year that he's had to deal with, 2020 as a whole. Now you got to – recover from an ACL injury hopefully coming back next year that team has done something with the offensive line so it's a little bit better but the topic here is Deontay Freeman coming in for the New York Giants Trace do you think he brings any value to this offense or is able to make up for the loss of Saquon Barkley uh I do actually I think that I actually thought he would was fine in Atlanta last year. I thought he did a pretty had a pretty good year for considering what they had on their offensive line. So I think he, one he's used to not having a good offensive line. He's a good pass catcher to go along with Deion Lewis and Goldman's actually a good pass catcher as well. I think they have three solid ones there, but I think Freeman is the best runner out of those three. So I think that he will bring value there. Uh, not enough to make a big difference win wise, but I mean for fantasy purposes, sure, I I would consider him. And I think that just having another vet come in there, I think that's solid. So that's my thoughts on that. Uh, moving on to a few other things, a few other signings that we uh, – sorry, I had the rundown a little unorganized there. Uh, T- Todd Davis signs with the Vikings after Anthony Barr goes on IR with a pec injury. So good signing there for them. I think that's a good uh, plug-and-play player. And then my guy, the boat, Blake Bortles, signing with the Broncos. I mean, hey, enjoy, Denver. Enjoy. That's all I can say. You're going to have some fun. <laughs> I don't know how. I have completely missed that news. And I looked over it on the rundown as well before we started recording. Oh, my God. Bortles is back, baby. He's back. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I wish I would have saw that because I would have put it at the very beginning. <laughs> a true a oh, a true heartbreaker has made his way back into the NFL. With the Denver Broncos. Boy, if you're a Broncos fan, you better hope this man doesn't see the field. You better just say your prayers. Dude, he, I, I'm going to say he's not any worse than Jeff Driscoll. Uh, do you think so? I felt like Driscoll played okay. I think that you can't judge a quarterback that comes in like halfway through the, the game where the defense has no idea how to game plan for you. 
All right, that's touche there. <laughs> oh shit! I Neither can't good wait options. to see how. Neither yeah. good <laughs> Either way, you're screwed. I feel bad for Broncos fans. Uh, we talked about it a little bit last episode, though. You hate to see this for Drew Locke in the season and Cortland Sutton, uh, who really exploded onto the scene last year. Broncos, just keep building. You know, go have yourself another good off season. Have yourself another good draft, Mister John Elway, and then just have this team ready to go and compete next year in the AFC West. Because uh, you're close. You really are. Uh, watching Drew Brees and Tom Brady struggling really shows the passing of the torch is what we have in the rundown. Justin Treese, I want to see what you mean there. I just mean that they're struggling. Like, you can tell that they're old. Like, you it's, just it's weird. It's weird It's weird see. seeing Drew Brees. I don't feel like I've seen it as much from Tom Brady because I feel like that week one performance was more of like, I'm really not that comfortable in this offense yet. I'm not on the same page with my receivers or don't have as well of a connection as I thought we maybe had coming into week one. Last week, I thought he looked a little better. Yes, it is the Carolina Panthers, but I felt like he looked a little better. Now, Drew Brees, on the other hand, week one and into week two, that man is sailing the ball over his receivers. He is just not looking like the Drew Brees we're used to seeing. Yeah. And, yeah, that's a fair point. Breeze is for sure struggling more than Brady. But, I mean, we talked about this all last year, just how Brady just wasn't making as much throws. I mean, your yeah. favorite thing to say was Tom Brady's going to cost them a playoff win. That was your favorite saying last year. I think you said it. Um, and? I don't know. Out of 80 episodes, you probably said it 78 of them. So it was your go-to <laughs> saying there. Uh, uh, but right. I think that, But was I, I wrong? No, you weren't wrong. You weren't. Um, I don't. I, ha- I don't get very many of those. That's why I wanted to point it out. <laughs> uh, like you struggled to say that. Yeah. It, it, yeah, I did struggle. You're right. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, it's just it's weird to see that those guys. You can tell that it's ending for them, and you got these new up and coming guys. You obviously have Mahomes. You got Watson. You got Lamar, dude. You. I mean, it's just weird to see. Even like Burrow, right? Like Burrow's more yeah. exciting than these guys. Minshew's more exciting at this point. Like everybody's waiting for Tua. So yep. even Justin Herbert, you know, like it's exactly. Just I don't know if you said Josh Allen, but he belongs up there. One hundred percent meant Josh Allen as well. Um, let's see what else we got. It seems like a lot of teams are starting to announce that they're going to start letting like a percentage of fans into the stadiums mm-hmm. in October. So that's cool to see. That'll be be exciting. I was also thinking about that last night as laying in bed. It's like, what are they going to do about the Super Bowl? Like, if this continues throughout, like, yeah. I could easily see, like, the, the first event that they let a full crowd in be the Super Bowl to make it just that much more dramatic. Dude, that would be incredible. It would, like huh? those, the players that the teams that make the Super Bowl, like that adrenaline rush, going from fake crowd noise to real crowd noise, like just thinking about it has sent chills down my spine. Yeah, it'll be. That so, would be. Ooh, I kind of like where you're working there. Yeah, it'd be. It's gonna be so dope watching Lamar Jackson get hyped up for that. So moving on, let's talk about nothing. <laughs> I nothing? know. I we're just. I'm gonna <laughs> let that. I just. I'm not gonna speak stupid anymore. So I'm just going to let that go. All right, cool. Hey, for the record, I also have the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, so let's not forget that. Um, I just wanted to point this out because we talked about it a lot last episode. Waller, because we recorded right before that game on Monday night, mm-hmm. just proven our fact that we were, when we were talking about how the AFC West has four of the top probably seven or eight tight ends in the NFL. Yeah, we're right there. So that's always, always good to see. He just dominated the Saints. They had no answer for him. And I felt Dude like played like a superstar. Yeah, 
He really did. And I almost felt like they weren't playing him smart, though. Like, I'm like, they were adjusting by, like, just putting a new person on him and not <laughs> doubling him. <laughs> like, it was just like, okay, let's just keep, like, sliding in a new person to guard him. And, like, their double team was, like, putting someone, like, directly, like, over the top of him. So, like, he can't go deep. But, like, all of his routes were, like, seven-yard routes. And then he would just be, you know, a break so he could end up <laughs> yeah. gaining, like, 20 yards. At that so, point, he's like, I'm going to look at the quarterback now. And, oh, my gosh, I'm open. Good luck stopping me. Um, it was interesting to see how the Saints played him because it almost felt like they were, uh, you know, we're going to live and die on getting beat by Darren Waller. You know, if that happens... And we don't really think it's going to, but if it does, maybe, you know, so happen. That dude destroyed him. Yeah. Josh Jacobs on the ground destroyed him. Like, the Raiders just came out to play, and it looked like the Saints were just lollygagging themselves through the game. Yeah. So, on a scale of 1 and 10, how worried are you of your Saints-Chiefs pick right now? Mainly the Saints, not I'm talking to Chiefs. Going to the um, Super Bowl. It's it's tough to look at it honestly because they didn't have Michael Thomas in the game, and that's a huge <coughs> difference. I didn't realize how much or how much they valued him in the offense, or how big a part of that offense that he truly is. Kind of stupid to say that out loud now. Like saying it out loud, I realize that because this dude has led the league in receptions per year uh, since pretty much coming into it, and so him not being a part of it is a huge difference in that defense. They really rally off how the offense is doing. And they just they didn't look very good. My confidence meter on it, if I was going to do one, you know, it's probably at 70 75%. Starting the year off at 100, like, yeah, these are the teams that are going. This is the last dance. They're super excited for it. Looking at it, though, I honestly can't help but wonder if there's a part of Drew Brees that's one foot in, one foot out. Knowing, like, hey, this is what I'm going to be doing afterwards. Let's just get through this year. Or maybe it's I'm expecting my teammates to be playing harder for me than they are, and it's kind of disappointing. Yeah. But through the first two weeks, I mean, they came out and blew out the, the Buccaneers game one. Like, they played tremendously. Week two, yeah, I mean, maybe this is we just need to give praise to the Raiders, honestly. Yeah, for sure. All right. Meat and potatoes time. Let's, get, let's dive into some uh, week three games. Let's freaking do it, my dude. I'm excited. Week three of the NFL season is here, ladies and gentlemen. We are here in week three, and we're going to be starting off with a Thursday night matchup, a wonderful game, one that we're all going to be watching, that we're all super-duper pumped for. It's going to be the Miami Dolphins traveling to Jacksonville where the Jags are favored by three. I think it's pretty obvious. We're taking the Jags to win this one. We 100% are. I, so I know you were being a little sarcastic about uh, all of that. About yeah, it's excited. kind of a snooze fest Thursday night game. But watching well, I don't the think Jags, it is. I actually think it's going to be fun. Like last week, we said the same thing with Browns and Bengals, and it ended up being a fun game, right? I kind of think right. this is going to be the same thing. I could see both offenses having very good games. I thought you were high on the Jaguars' defense. Listen, I'm high on. <laughs> five players on their defense and there's another like six that are not so um, touche yeah so i'm i haven't been this excited for a jags thursday night game in a long time when was the last time they had a thursday night game they have one every single year all right i was just for the, for the last like 12 years <laughs> so it's usually just against either the texans or the titans <laughs> so maybe that's why i'm a little bit okay excited. it's not <laughs> yeah, against one of them i was but, gonna I mean, say you 
you even said like, oh, you know, the last 12 years, every Thursday. Still didn't seem excited for it. But it makes sense. All right. Yeah. But also, like, it, it's Minshew, right? Like, he gets you excited. I'm super excited about LaVisca Chenault. He's playing well. DJ Chark is questionable, so that's going to be interesting to see. They're missing their center, uh, Brandon Linder. Josh Lambeau's out. Their kicker. So it's going to be intense. Uh, Byron Jones is out for the Dolphins. So it's... I just think that Minshew eats, and I think I think that you're gonna people are gonna get sick of seeing Minshew mania on Twitter tomorrow night. That's what I think is gonna happen. Hey, that should be a goal for Duval Country. Is that what you call yourselves? Duval County, but yeah, Duval County, Duval Nation. I said country, didn't I? You Silly did. me. Silly Duval you. County. Yeah, we but, are Duval. Man, that's so silly. It's awesome. It's awesome. We love it because everybody hates it so much. Like they're of that's dumb. It's dumb, and we're like, okay, you hate it. We love it then. Like of, of I course, mean, that's, that's how that works. That's Let's how get... a lot of fan bases work. But yes, <laughs> moving on to the next one, we have the Chicago Bears, the two and O, the two and O Chicago Bears. Uh, they can only win one more game if they match your prediction. By the way, you had them at three and thirteen. Um, yikes. Yep. Uh, versus the Atlanta Falcons, who are 0-2. The uh, I-blow-giant-lead Atlanta Falcons. So In the state of Texas, for sure. In the state sure. of Texas. Um, so, listen, this is one thing that I just want to make clear. I don't mind being wrong. If the Bears were like, man, this Austin Cunningham guy from Joplin, Missouri, said we're going to go 3-13, and we're going to use that as motivation to play – Mitchell Trubisky is like, man, this guy's also saying they should have traded for Derek Carr. I'm not upset with it, and I don't think anybody would be. Like, use my negativity for motivation for yourself because I really don't like being that negative on people, and I have felt bad being that for against Mitchell Trubisky, to be honest with you, and the Chicago Bears because I like their defense. If they come out and find a way to get themselves to the playoffs – I am going to be so happy for them. I'm going to be happy for Mitchell Trubisky and Nagy, the head coach, as well, because, hey, you were able to overcome all the hate that was thrown at you all offseason. Now, in saying that, I think the Falcons are going to beat you. They are favored by three. There is no way that they are pleased with being walloped by the Seattle Seahawks and then having a brain fart moment on an onside kick against the Dallas Cowboys that put them in position to win that game and come back and beat you after taking advantage of all their mistakes in the first half, you make the biggest one at the end of the game. So I think the Falcons are looking at this as a redemption game. I think a lot of people are also confused on how in the world are the Chicago Bears 2-0. Has the light bulb turned on for Mitchell Trubisky? I don't know. I don't think any of us know. I think we're all confused, but we're all going to get our answers on Sunday. All right, all right. Uh, all fair arguments. And I am also going to go with the Falcons, just to make sure we're clear here. Uh, I think that the Bears have won two very close games. Uh, uh, basically, both came down to the wire, right? So we all know the Bears-Lions, Swift dropping the game-winning touchdown, so should have lost there. And then we all know that, I mean, maybe we don't all know, but the Giants were on the Bears, like, eight-yard line to end the game and just didn't get the touchdown, to, and that would have got them the win. So what do those teams have in common? Giants and Lions. They're both 0-2. I mean, so are the Falcons, though. So what does that mean? I just think the Falcons actually put up points, and the Bears 
have faced teams that just don't put up points. So I'm also taking the Falcons, and I am going to keep riding that Matt Ryan train of going to lead the NFL in passing yards and passing attempts by the end of the season. Don't think you can be far off from that. The Los Angeles Rams are traveling to Buffalo to face the Bills, where the Bills are favored by two. Um, this is a tough. This is a tough one to predict because I like both of these teams. I like the way they've played the first two weeks. Josh Allen is playing on another level, but hey, so is Jared Goff. I said it last episode. He's got an effort mindset right now, and Sean McVay is like, "We're going to be aggressive." Jared Goff goes, "You got it. We're going to sling the ball." Aaron Donald wants to be Defensive Player of the Year again. I just, I mean, how many times do you want to win that? I understand probably every time, but you're so good, it's not even funny. And this defense has played better than some expected. I like the addition of Stephon Diggs to the Bills as well. The offense has exploded onto the scene. Now, to make my pick, Trace, I still don't know. And I thought maybe saying that would discuss it. Gut feeling is the Rams. All right. So, is that your official pick or do you need a minute? That'll be my official pick. Damn it. But give I, me a minute. Give me a minute. Listening to you talk, I might go, hmm, I actually want to go against that. So go ahead. The Rams are winning this game, and I don't think it's close. Ooh. Bow, bow, bow. Are you serious? Sean you really McVay, mean that. You don't think it's going to be close. Correct. Sean McVay is 6-0 and on the East Coast as the Rams head coach in morning games. You that's think that's a, just coincidence and that maybe the teams in the East just haven't been good? I mean, either way, if we're, I mean, it's not a big deal. I mean, then you'd, then you're saying that traveling from the West Coast to the East, traveling from California to New York, literally could not get further away in America. <laughs> and yeah. then you're basically saying that travel time means nothing. So, sure, yeah, there's a possibility of that, but I also think that there's no way that all six teams have been bad and. Like, let's not act like these Rams teams have been fantastic. Yes, one year they went to the Super Bowl, but the other years, I mean, last year didn't make the playoffs. The year before the Super Bowl made it as a wild card, I think, behind Seattle. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, so I just think that Sean McVay has this team ready. I'm going to continue to ride this train. Just like your Jimmy G pick last year, right? Like, I had uh-huh. Jared Goff as my MVP last year. So maybe yeah. I was just a year a year too early. That's and, a possibility. Um, so I'm all for this. I think that I think that they the Bills team tries to run, and I think that Aaron Donald's going to be like, nope, not happening. Oh, Josh Allen, you want to try to scramble? I'll chase you down. I'm a freak of nature. And then <laughs> I think that Jalen Ramsey slows down either one of them. I don't think I actually don't think he follows anybody this year, this game. I think he's just like. If it's John Brown or if it's Diggs, like on this side of the field, I'm just shutting this side of the field down. And it's mm-hmm. probably going to be like, and he always plays on the offense's right side, so the left side of the defense. And that is because quarterbacks usually like to roll out to the opposite of the right side because they're right-handed. So I think that it just puts Josh Allen in a tough situation. Uh, Kaiser, their linebacker, he is stepping up for Corey Littleton leaving. He ended up having 16 yeah. tackles last week, which was insane. And so I just think that this defense lines up nicely with them. And I think the with Cooper Cup and with uh, Woods and Higby involved, I don't know if this defense can slow them down enough. I think they do slow it down. I, I, I like guys, you know, like mm-hmm. White and whatnot, but... I just don't think that they can slow this this offense down enough that the Rams just 
score too many points. And um, for any DFS players, I think I'm all in on uh, Daryl Henderson as a cheap guy this week for a one-week flyer. Ooh. Against this Bills defense, you think yes. so? Yeah, because right. I, th- I think he's going to be just the workhorse, and they run it enough. So you mentioned that you might have been a year late on Jared Goff. I had Jimmy Garoppolo two years ago, the year that he tore his ACL. And then last year was Aaron Rodgers. You're right. Because he was pissed off about the offseason stories and Mike McCarthy being fired. You're right. So either way, though, you're probably one year too early, right? Because Aaron Rodgers is now playing like yeah. an MVP. <laughs> Look at us. <laughs> it's like we know what we're talking about. Love it. Uh, so we're both going the Rams there. Let's move on to the next one. The Washington football team traveling to Cleveland. The Browns are favored by seven. <sighs> I'm taking Washington to cover this game. I think that defensive line causes enough havoc on Baker Mayfield that he it puts him in a position to make a mistake. Until I see Baker Mayfield have a complete game at the quarterback position and they don't just rely on the run game to win or dump offs to the running backs, then I might start taking the Browns on this. But right now I'm taking the Washington football team because I, just, I can't trust Baker. I can't. Even last week beating the Browns, he really didn't have that big a part of it. It was just the running game was so good. Uh, beating the Bengals is what you meant, but yes, totally. What did I say? Sorry. Beating the Browns. Oops. No, it's totally fine. So, I, I'm i going to take – oh, my gosh. Seven is just so much. I just don't understand how it's that many points. I usually hate taking numbers this big. You know the way. But I'm going to take the Browns. I don't feel good about it, but I'm going to take the Browns. Uh, I think that a lot of people are – back on the Mayfield hype train because he looked good last week. I mean, it was against a short week, beat-up defensive line Bengals. Like, they were literally missing their two best defensive linemen. (laughs) So, uh, where they could get no pressure and he could just sit in the pocket and do whatever he wants. So, um, but I will say he's obviously not going to get that against Washington, but I also could see them being creative or getting the just ball out super quick, trying to get to either running back, obviously Landry, obviously OBJ. So I'm going to, yeah, I'll just say that they win by seven. I mean, if it's seven, then we split again, but Hey, I'll take it. Let's get, let's get a little bit of variety in here. Yes, sir. Moving on Uh, to the next one. Sorry. You got something else? Nope. Go ahead. Cool. So Tennessee Titans, two and O Tennessee Titans. Fuck them. Oh man. Hate (laughs) them. And the Minnesota Vikings. They're facing off, and this is one of those rare road teams that are favored, and that is by two and a half, Titans by two and a half, which is really a, basically a five and a half point spread because usually home team gets three points, which I don't know if they're actually doing that this year because no fans, so it might yeah. not actually be normal three this year. I actually haven't looked into that. I probably should. Uh, I'll just start off. Uh, I'm taking the Titans to start out 3-0. and I mean, I just don't see the Vikings – slowing them down i don't see i could see kirk cousins having a bounce back game though titans did show that they are vulnerable to the pass in both of their games they i know they've won both but they have shown they are and i could see guys like dalvin cook just having a ton of receiving yards this game uh honestly i could see him having like one of those fun running back games where he has like 80 or 90 receiving yards plus like 70 80 rushing yards as well easily 150 yard game but I think that when it's all said and done, 
Tannehill just continues. By the way, he's been very impressive so far. He continues to be very impressive and hitting Johnny Smith, hitting Corey Davis, you know, second life Corey Davis, that is. And then A.J. Brown is back. So, long story short, I'm taking the Titans. I mean, I'm right there with you, dude. And this isn't just to copy you. The Minnesota Vikings have looked atrocious the first two weeks in the NFL season. So, until they show anything different, whether Kirk Cousins, if he can prove that he can still be the quarterback of this team, because week one and two, it ain't looking good. At one point last week, this dude had a 0.0 rating. Never seen anyone do that before. I don't think anyone else has either. Uh, So, I am taking the Tennessee Titans to win this game, traveling to Minnesota, uh, until the Vikings show me something different. I'm probably not taking them for a while. Our next matchup, this is a big one. This is a big one. The Las Vegas Raiders are traveling to New England to face the Patriots, and the Patriots are favored by six. Uh, I'm going to be honest. If Jonathan Abrams has a free shot at Cam Newton, he's taking it. And that dude set the tone last week against the Saints. I mean, he really did. He pretty much changed their entire play calling. Uh, when they tried to run something inside, and he just popped that guy. Uh, I just don't think that the Raiders are slowing down anytime soon. The way they're running the ball, the way Darren Waller has looked, yes, the Patriots have looked good as well. They competed very highly with the Seattle Seahawks. Seattle still came out with a W. The Raiders, though, man, they, they're they not looking bad. I'm, I'm sticking with this hype train. I'm taking the Raiders to cover uh, this game. So, during our preview, if you remember, I took the Raiders to beat the Patriots. And you said, what? And I said, yeah, yeah because they run it very well. And I think that their offense is play- playing out very nicely to beat this Patriots defense. I still think that is true. But I also did not think that Cam Newton would be playing as well as he has been. Um, so, I know everybody's seen it, but everybody's seen that picture of belichick this morning right yeah that dude hasn't slept he's pissed that he lost on sunday night you want to know what he's doing he's coming up with the best game plan ever to make Derek carr look silly i'll change my vote from what i'd said preseason i'll take the patriots to cover this you have a wonderful brain because i think you're exactly right that dude did not go to bed last night this week Correction, since Sunday night. I don't know if he slept. <laughs> he <laughs> like, is pissed. <laughs> he's pissed, right? Like, he's mad that he just lost on primetime. Everybody's talking about how Tom Brady this, Tom Brady that. He gets a chance finally. Everybody's watching, and they lose. And not only that, they lose on the one-yard line when they gave it to Cam Newton, right? And mm-hmm. a lot of people are like, well, if it was Tom Brady and he was passing it, they might have got that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think yeah. that, like— no, I don't think a lot of people are saying that for the record. I just think that in his head, every single person in America is saying that. And he's pissed about it. So You're probably exactly right. That is a solid point. So I'm all in. Patriots winning by more than six. So good. So good. Next game, the San Francisco 49ers. They are staying in New York as they face the Giants. San Francisco is favored by four and a half. Uh, I don't know why it's that much. Honestly, Jimmy Garoppolo playing isn't playing. They're losing their defensive line. Yes, the the Giants don't have Saquon Barkley, but their defensive line hasn't looked bad. the The running back Mozart for the 49ers isn't playing either. He's done. I don't know if George Kittle is playing. I'm taking the San Francisco Giants to cover this game. 
<laughs> oh, everybody's going to love that one. Oh, my God, the New York Giants. I just said <laughs> San Francisco Giants. Yeah, you did. Oh, my God. Son oh, of a bitch, man. That's awesome. The New York Giants. I was thinking both teams. You got. That, there's no excuse. I messed up. That is literally the best way to win a bet. I'm taking the San Francisco Giants. Fuck you, Therese. Good luck. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, so you're taking the Giants. Uh, I am still taking the Niners. Uh, even with Nick Mullins playing, I just – this Giants team is so bad. There's some crazy stats about how bad – the Giants have been ever since Barkley has been drafted and he hasn't played. So I'm I'm all in. I'm all in on the the Niners winning again. Everybody thinks they're down. It's oh uh, you want another DFS play? Jeff Wilson, super cheap. Gonna be the guy because they're basically missing every running back. It's gonna be him and McKinnon splitting the load. And every time that Jeff Wilson gets a chance to play, I feel like he has like a hundred yards and a touchdown. So. Um, just another one for you guys there. So I am taking the San Francisco 49ers. Oh, that's, yes. Yep. Yeah, not the Giants. Is, yeah, because this is a football podcast, not a baseball podcast. For anybody that is listening, if you thought this was baseball, uh, I'll recommend a different podcast to you. Uh, let me just try to find a good baseball one because I know of zero. So um, moving on, though. <laughs> Bengals at Eagles. So... Eagles are six-point favorites. Um, Jalen Rager just announced out for six to eight weeks. Uh, These guys are now back to where they were last year on wide receivers. They do have Deshaun Jackson, but after that, you're talking about J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, and you're talking about Greg Ward again. Like, all these guys, given, hey, lucky for them, they got to play last year, so they have game experience, but... You don't want those guys happen to be your wide receiver too behind just uh, Deshaun uh, Jackson. I almost said Watson again. Um, this is going to be a big Zach Ertz and Goddard Dallas Goddard. game. Dallas Goddard game. So I can see that. It's hard for me to see the Eagles going 0-3. So I kind of think that they find a way to win this game. But six points is too much for me. Especially since the Bengals now have had 10 days rest. I'm going to take Cincinnati to cover. I still think the Eagles find a way to pull it out somehow, but I am going to take the Bengals to cover. I'm actually going to take the Bengals to win this game. Like, Joe Burrow, you saw him after the press conference. Like, I don't think I've ever lost two games in a row in my sports career, like in my life. He ain't going to want to make it three. The Philadelphia Eagles, they're, they're struggling. They do not look good. I have a bet that Carson Wentz is going to be a top five MVP candidate. You're not going to be able to do that with a team playing this bad with this many injuries. It's just, it's not looking good. Um, I would love to see the Eagles win. I would love to see them blow Cincinnati out of the water, but the way they've played the last couple weeks and the poise that Joe Burrow has shown for the Cincinnati Bengals and the weapons that he has uh, to throw to, I think it's enough to beat this Eagles team. And I mean, that's honestly just the truth. It's just it's not looking good for the Eagles, and I'm not feeling good about my bet. That is that's it. Moving on to the next one, the Houston Texans traveling to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now I should have come in with a lot more hype on this one because the Houston Texans have probably started the toughest schedule against AFC teams, similar to what the Atlanta Falcons have on the on the NFC side. You've played two very tough teams. 
in the Houston Texans. And now you got to go again against the Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh. Yes, there's no fans or not that many still. Going to Pittsburgh, playing there, the way Big Ben has looked, uh, the way the receivers have gotten back on track. This defense is one of the best in the league. It is going to be interesting to see how J.J. Watt looks against this offensive line of the Steelers and then honestly how the Steelers' defense plays against Deshaun Watson because that game last week for the Texans and the Ravens was a lot closer than the scoreboard showed. I mean, it was. Going back and watching that game, I was like, ooh. The Texans had some moments you know, to kind of maybe pull out this W and they just shot themselves in the foot and it didn't happen. The Eagles being favored by six, though, or excuse me, the Steelers being favored by three and a half. Looked at the wrong line. Excuse me. Um, I'm going to take the Steelers to cover, but it's going to be close. Like, I think the Texans probably have another shit the bed moment, and it's what just kind of goes away. But the way the Steelers are playing right now and the way Big Ben has been welcomed back uh, and, you know, the way he has been playing has been incredible to watch. I'm, I'm excited that Big Ben is back. Yeah, me too. So you're right, Bank Texans have just had an incredibly tough schedule here. It's fun. This game's always fun. I think this is the second time this happened, but it's it's the Watt brother showdown. Mm-hmm. All three Watt brothers playing against each other because two of them are on the Steelers, and then obviously JJ Watts on the Texans. I think that this is JJ Watt coming out party again. I think he just hasn't had an up-to-standard first two games, but I think that the Steelers' offensive line actually has been playing very poorly. I read a stat the other day that uh, for least amount of time to throw the ball, Big Ben is like third or fourth worst. So not mm-hmm. not a good sign there. And I think J.J. Watt finally gets some big hits on him. But I will say that the Steelers do end up covering. I think that this Steelers defense just – will slow down the Texans. I just, I still just don't trust all these wide receivers. Like, and again, and now you yeah. have, you have Fuller that missed a lot of the game last week and saying that he is healthy and he's going to play, but like he still missed it. And like, you've seen this show before. So that always sucks, especially because Fuller had a fantastic week one against the Chiefs. Yeah, so um, I'm going to take the Steelers to cover though. And it's, it's weird to say, but the Texans are going to start out 0-3. It, it definitely is, especially thinking that Deshaun Watson was going to have an MVP-type season as well. I never said it out publicly, but it was in the back of my mind of like, okay, hey, he has a, a possibility to do this without DeAndre Hopkins being the focal point of who he has to throw the ball to. Maybe they can spread it out. Hasn't been looking good for him. Next game, no, the Indianapolis Colts have the Jets visiting. The Colts are favored by 10.5, and, uh, and this is another one of those games where I'm taking the Colts to just win. Until the Jets show anything different that they can play and put points on the board, uh, I ain't picking them for anything. They, they're they not deserving of it, and I just feel absolutely awful for Sam Darnold. Yeah, so do I. They're, they're just so bad, dude. Like, so let's see. So they've lost to 10 against the Bills week one. They lost by 18 against the Niners week two. Yeah, yeah. Jonathan Taylor's going to go off, isn't he? Uh, yeah, Jonathan he's going to run all over him. He is. Uh, I will also take the Colts to cover 10.5, and, and I usually am against double-digit point spreads. But, hey, here we are. Indianapolis Colts going to start out 2-1. and one. So, I mean, Colts, if our project, projections come true here, we got Colts and Jags starting out 2-1, and one, Titans 3-0, and oh, and then the Texans 0-3 for that division. So it's going to 
be interesting to see how this plays out. Looking tough. Moving on, we have the Carolina Panthers versus the Los Angeles Chargers, uh, Justin Herbert-led Chargers, and the Chargers are favored by six and a half. I actually, sorry, I'm looking it up right now. Now that it's been announced, okay, I wanted to see if it got anna- uh, if it changed after it got announced that Herbert was starting, um, and it has not. So it is still six and a half here. Here's the thing: I think that the Chargers' defense is pissed that they lost the game but also super happy with how well they actually played that game, mm-hmm. that they're going to come out motivated and keep going, and there's no Christian McCaffrey. What can the Panthers do without him? I know everybody's excited about Mike Davis, but we'll see. We'll see how that plays out. Um, I think this is a Curtis Samuel game here. I think that Curtis Samuel, you see him in the backfield. I think he starts playing kind of like how LaVisca Chenault does for the Jags. Plays a lot in the slot plays in the running back position, whatever you can do to get him the ball. I'm going to take the Chargers. And I'm right there with you, dude. The Panthers, uh, I think the defensive line for the Chargers are just licking their chops looking at this offensive line and Teddy Bridgewater sitting back there because they are just going to eat all day. And if he tries to force the ball anywhere, it's getting picked because the Chargers secondary is freaking fast. It just it is. So good luck, Panthers. The Chargers are gonna have a heyday. Justin Herbert, go get your first W as an NFL quarterback. For sure. All right, moving on to the next ones. Uh, our second away team that is favored, and that is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Denver Broncos. And the Pam- Tampa Bay Buccaneers are six point favorites. Uh, so no Drew Locke. That's why, right? Like that's the big thing. No Cortland Sutton. So what are they gonna do? Uh, I think that guys like Fant and even Judy and even Hamler, KJ Hamler, I think have some pretty good fantasy days for the Broncos, but I have to take the Bucks in this situation. I just don't see how you can't with Jeff Driscoll starting. I just don't. <laughs> yeah. I just don't. The in, I mean, it's the injury bug. Like, this game actually would have been a lot of fun if you had Drew Locke and you had healthy Cortland Sutton. Like, this would have been an awesome game to watch. It's just in- not anymore. And that's what I was going to say. Like, could you imagine if the Broncos were fully healthy? Like, if they had Vaughn Millen on that defense, you know, and their offensive line isn't beat up, and they have Drew Locke, and they have Cortland Sutton, and it's Drew Locke, you know, the new young slinging quarterback, you know, strong-arm kid versus the GOAT and Tom Brady. It would have been an awesome storyline in Denver. It would have been a great game to watch. I believe this is a 3 o'clock game. So we would have been able to watch the Raiders play the Patriots and then we could have followed that up with the Bucks and Broncos. That would have been awesome. That I would have loved that matchup for this uh, for this week. Instead, we have a couple other big games. The Buccaneers favored by six. You have to take them here. I feel bad for the Broncos. Moving on to the next game. The Detroit Lions are traveling to Arizona to face the Cardinals. Cardinals are favored by five and a half. I think this is a very evident game uh, for both of us on being the Arizona Cardinals. Kyler Murray has just been tearing it up. Uh, he had a touchdown taken away last week, the one that's been making a ton of highlights on how in the world can you do yourself a little skip hesitation move and just blow right by them uh, to another grown man. It's something we'd see playing backyard football as a kid, something we talked about on radio the other day. It's just incredible. I love watching Kyler Murray play football. He's a better thrower than Lamar Jackson, so I would give credit to Kyler Murray here. Uh on that matchup of quarterbacks. And Kyler Murray's in serious conversation for MVP, as should be the next guy that we're getting ready to talk about here. But I'm taking the Cardinals favored by five and a half at home against the Detroit Lions. Uh, I also am taking the Cardinals at five and a half. I think that this is a bloodbath. I think that the Cardinals are 
just a very good running team, and it's not just Kyler Murray. I mean, he just puts a different threat to you, but I think that Drake is still good. I think Edmonds gets involved here, and I mean, the Lions have shown that they can't stop the run. Like, look what Aaron Jones did last week. Aaron Jones goes for uh, just under 170 rushing yards week one. You had uh, Montgomery average five yards a carry against you. You had Cohen averaging six yards a carry. Oh, and Mitchell Trubisky, he averaged nine yards a carry against you guys. So, really? Yeah. Damn. So if Mitchell Trubisky is averaging nine yards a carry against your defense, what is Kyler Murray going to average? So <laughs> um, one of what I do want to see, though, and which we're not going to see it, but I really want to see them say, let's just see what the kid got. Put Jeff Akuda on Hopkins and just see. Like, let's, It's like, hey, let's just see where you're at. Let's go. That would be incredible. It would just be fun to watch, right? Like, it would just be a fun thing, especially for Lions fans who I think if they lose here, they know their season's done starting 0-3. But, like, hey, let's just make sure that, like, this number three overall pick, let's see see what we got this year from him because he didn't play week one. Week two he played played a lot and actually led their team in tackles, which I don't know if is a good thing from a cornerback, but, (laughs) hey, he did. So um, I'm all for it. I'm actually going to watch quite a bit of this game. Because I mean the Cardinals are just a fun team to watch. I'm still. I, it sounds like Galladay is going to finally play. So like, let's see what this Alliance offense can do once they get their number one weapon back. So I'll probably watch quite a bit of this, but I am going to take the Cardinals to cover. I do wonder if the Cardinals just smack the Lions' defense. How much longer Matt Patricia has there in Detroit? Like I really wonder if that storyline just starts to just speed up and get traction and take off. Not only that, but Quinn as a GM. Yeah. Seriously, uh, let's get into our next one. And, man, this might be one of the games of the week. The Dallas Cowboys at Seattle. The Seahawks are favored by four and a half. And the way that both of these teams have played the last couple weeks, I am taking the Cowboys to cover. I don't think Seattle is able to get a five-point lead over these guys uh, and how explosive the offense has been. I don't know who's going to win, but I'm taking the Cowboys to cover either way. This one's tough because Seahawks – they haven't done a lot of good – a lot of – they have not gotten pressure a lot this year. Jeez, I can speak. And I think that if you give Dak time, he's going to pick you apart. You make holes in, you know, in your rush lanes. He's going to run it down your guys' throat. I do think that the Seahawks are very good at stopping the run, uh, and I think that they will make it a point to stop Zeke and say it has to be Dak that beats us. So there's that side of it, but then there's the offensive side for the Seahawks, which is, I don't think the Cowboys are going to be able to stop Russell Wilson on a single drive. Like that, I think that's tough. actually, I think that this may be one of the higher scoring games of the week besides our Monday night game. Um and maybe even Sunday night, actually. <laughs> These last three games may be <laughs> three of the highest scoring games of the week. I'm going to take the Seahawks to cover. Don't feel great about it, but I'm going to take them because I, again, let Russ cook is a real thing this year. And I just, I just don't see this Cowboys defense being able to slow them down. It it is going to be an interesting game. And it's one that I'm definitely going to have my eye on because these teams are just loaded, dude. And this might be an NFC championship preview. I mean, honestly, 100%. It very much could be um, with the way the Saints have played. But another team that could very much be in that discussion, oh, the Green Bay Packers, man, they have looked phenomenal the first two weeks. The Saints are favored by three. 
I know they're home. Uh, it's the Green Bay Packers, though. I am taking the Packers to cover and win this game. Uh, I think they make that trip down there, and I think Aaron Rodgers just has himself a heyday. They're going to look at what the Raiders did and be like, we can do that, and we can do it better. Yeah, I'm taking the Packers to win that game. It's Unless Drew Brees comes out and makes up for last week, you know, I'm not going to say until I see it, but I wouldn't be surprised if we do see it. Um, but until then, dude, the way the Packers are playing, I'm rolling with that. They're a, they're do 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 They are moving, and I, I'm loving it. They really are, and I mean the Saints. Their their defense is what's worrying me. It's like if you can't stop Waller, are you going to be able to stop Devontae Adams? Uh, I don't know about that. You got the speed on the other side. It, it, I mean, Janoris Jenkins got burned at the end of the game and had to call pass interference. I mean, MVS Scantling is going to do the same exact thing, maybe even worse against him. Um, they're obviously going to put Lattimore on Adams to try to slow him down. They did a pretty good job against the run. Um, only let Jacobs have 3.3 yards per carry, so that's good. But they did let Richard have two carries for 26 yards, 13 average, but given 20 of it was on that pitch touchdown. But mm-hmm. why I'm bringing that up is the Green Bay Packers love, love doing that exact play with Aaron Jones. If you watch a Packers game, they do that play like two or three times a game, and he always busts one big. Um, given it was a handoff this week, but it was to the right side just like that where – Aaron Jones ended up going for 75 yards and a touchdown to open the second half against the Lions. It's almost the same exact play. Uh, just rather than a pitch, it's a handoff. So uh, I see Aaron Jones having another big game. Uh, Aaron Jones, who's leading the NFL in rushing, by the way. And I do think Breeze bounces back. There's something about Sunday night with Breeze. Like, he just does well. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just one of those things. So Primetime. Yeah, prime time. I mean, I want to say that, but like I've seen him fail on Monday nights miserably. Uh, it's it's something about Sunday night, and so because they're the Saints. Tough. Sorry to interrupt you. Ooh. It's because they're the Saints. I like that. I never put that together. Um, all that being said, uh, I'll continue to say I think I was wrong against the Packers when I said that we're going to go nine and seven this year and not make the playoffs because uh, they're making the playoffs, and I have them winning this game. My man. Hey. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this next one? Are you? Am I freaking ready, man? I wish we could put in the ESPN music for this game because if we could, it would go in right here. Ladies and gentlemen, the Kansas City Chiefs are traveling to Baltimore. The Ravens are favored by three and a half. And oh my God, is this going to be a game for the ages? At least it better be. I hope both teams come out of this game extremely healthy. There's no serious injuries, but I am taking the Chiefs to cover uh, and to win this game. Yes, the Ravens have looked great in week one and week two, and the Chiefs have looked a little sluggish. But do you know what? They are putting it together. It's a little bit of a slow start. Uh, I remember in the Patriots dynasty, they might have a little bit of a slow start to the season. And then once they got rolling, it was game over for everybody else. And I can see this being that game for the Kansas City Chiefs. I went back and watched the Chiefs Chargers game. Did a whole review. Austin Seaham 33 on Twitter. Go find it and look at it. The Chiefs defense played better against the run than I thought watching that game live. It was the dump-offs to the running backs where they had missed tackles and then the Chargers would take off down the field and get that extra 15 to 20 yards. They can't do that against the Ravens. They need to put speed in at the linebacker or they need to finish tackles. Ben Neiman, I'm talking to you. 
the Chiefs, though, man, this offense, there's weapons everywhere. And I don't feel like we've got to see the weapons be taken full advantage of. I don't think this offense has been as creative as some of us might expect. It's been a, hey, let's get Clyde Edwards-Hilaire accustomed to this. Let's just have a game run through him. Last week it was like, okay, let's just get through this matchup. They're doing things differently than what we expected. Uh, we're getting a lot. They're getting a lot of pressure to Patrick Mahomes. Let's just try and speed this up. I think against this Ravens game, I don't want to say they were overlooking the Chargers, but in watching that game again, it was kind of like, a, mm, we're not expecting to be in a game here, but we are. And they've been looking at this week, and I'm expecting this to be a very high-scoring game. I'm expecting this to be an all-the-way-to-the-end, another close one for the Chiefs, and I'm taking them to come out and win by a touchdown against the, the Baltimore Ravens. All right, all right. So, do you remember... November 19th, 2018. Say that again. I said, do you remember November 19th, 2018? If you remind me the game, I might. I mean, a game that was supposed to be in Mexico City? Yes. Yes. Rams versus Chiefs, 54-51. One of the funnest games I've watched in the last 10 years. We're having another one of these. Monday night. Let's go. Let's go. go. Um, Sadly for the Chiefs, I think that it ends very similar to that game. And that is the Rams in that game scored late to win the game. And to win, I think that the Ravens do the same exact thing. So there's that. But here's the deal. I actually wrote down split on our thing. Yeah, I'm confused by it, honestly. Because I was going to take the Ravens, but now I kind of think the Chiefs only the Ravens only win by three, which would actually lean me towards the Chiefs. But no. Talking football would not be as fun on our next episode if we both went the same route. We have to go different here, so one of us can talk some shit. One of us has to be able to do it. If it's me, if it's you, hey, we're about to find out. I'm taking the Ravens to cover this three and a half point spread. This game is going to be electric. I've not been this excited for a Monday night game in a super long time. Lamar Jackson's going to go for 500 yards. Mahomes is probably going to go for 550. Dobbins is probably going to be some rookie that comes out of nowhere. It's going to be, hey, CEH versus Dobbins, the rookies. You got Mahomes versus Jackson. You got... I don't even know what else. Malcolm Travis Kelsey versus Malcolm, Mark Andrews. Yes, that's actually also an awesome one, right? Like, <laughs> dude, just so many options here, and it's going to be so much fun to watch. Watch it be one of those weird games that, like, Sneed ends up with, like, six fucking touchdowns or something like that. Like, everybody's like, oh, that's not who I wanted to watch score touchdowns. <laughs> yeah. um, I am ready to see first play of the game, if first offensive play for the Ravens. I'm, I'll just call it. Run up the gut with Mark Ingram. Honey Badger tackles him, and they just get into each other's face, and they just are chirping, and the refs have to come and separate them. I'm calling it right now. That's the first. Ooh. That's the first offensive play, and that's going like, to everybody. One sitting there screaming, "Big trust, big trust," and it's going to be here. I'm the landlord. Keep yeah. the camera on me. I'm too smart. I can't. Yeah. I hope you're right, and I hope they're both mic'd up because that's going to be fucking amazing. It's going to re-watching, be awesome. rewatching the games, here is some deeper analysis with it. For the Ravens to the Chiefs, 
you saw the the Los Angeles Chargers just bully Eric Fisher that game. Like they just pushed that man back and owned him and destroyed him. And then Kaleshi Osimile did not look very good pass blocking either. That is my concern for the Ravens defense. Secondary-wise, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes for a reason. Yes, they are very good. I would expect Marcus Peters to get at least one interception this game. That's how good he is. He is playing his former team. There's another motivation there for him to get an interception. Now, for the Chiefs' defense, J.J. Watt was able to sack Lamar Jackson twice, and he dominated the right tackle. For the Ravens. I mean, there were moments in that game where it was like, ooh, J.J. Watt is back. And I'm looking at this week when the Chiefs have, you know, uh, Mr. Chris Jones and, you know, the other guy, Frank the Shark, Clark. Uh, they're going to have some fun there. And I think if you're looking at the Texans and they're able to get four sacks on them throughout that game, the Chiefs can replicate the same type of deal. Now, I'm just My only concern has been the linebackers covering the running backs out of the backfield because the Chiefs can look at what the Texans did and like, okay, we can build upon that. And, yes, Lamar Jackson is going to look at it and say, how can I get better? But the Chiefs, man, they have linked with Snow Passanio. Taco Charlton got himself a sack last week for the Chiefs. Tershawn Wharton for the Chiefs is an undrafted free agent from Missouri S&T. If you guys aren't familiar with that, that's a school of engineers, a.k.a. nerds. All right, This dude went there and dominated. He comes in the NFL and played very well last week. He gets more touches on this offense or for this defense against the Ravens. I expect him to have a big game as well. He's number 98. Keep an eye on him if you're watching this game for the Kansas City Chiefs. This is going to be a close one. I'm excited for it. Trees, I love the hype that you have here, and I, I'm so freaking excited for it. So excited. And watching Patrick Queen try to chase down oh my CEH, God, he's been so good. Former, former teammates, that's going to be awesome. All right. Super excited about that game. Before we log off, mm-hmm. we have skipped over the Sunday night game prop bets. Let's move back to that game. So back to the Packers Saints, and let's take care of this. Again, we are both 6-5 and five as a record. Uh, we are both 29-2 and two against the spread after we both lost the Saints uh, yep. Raiders game. So, back to player prop bets. Aaron Rodgers, 272 passing yards. Over. You were going over. Uh, Derek Carr went over. That means I'm going to go over. So, both there. Aaron Jones, 59 rushing yards. Rushing 100% over. That dude's going to have himself a heyday. I also will agree with you there. Uh, Devontae Adams, 86 receiving yards. And let me put this in. Remember, he does have a hamstring injury. If he's out and one of us says yes, I'm just marking as a as we were wrong. As like a loss? Yes. So no. <laughs> so you're going to I don't think, yeah. I don't think he does because I think the Packers are going to spread the ball around. I think Jones is going to have such a big game that, you know, they're not going to need to rely on Adams as much as they would beforehand. I'm going to go with yes, that he does. Okay. Drew Brees, 281 passing yards. I'm saying no. You're saying, I'm saying no. no. I'm going yes. I think the Packers get too much pressure. I think that... Because, it, wait, is Michael Thomas back? He's questionable, so we don't know. I'm saying no still. I'm just sticking with no. Okay, I'm also going yes on that one, so we were both we we're wrong on those two. Alvin Kamara, 58 rushing yards, not I'm receiving saying, yards rushing. I'm saying yes here. I think he's able to break at least a couple, maybe three or four decently sized runs uh, to get to that point. 
I went with yes as well there. And then I went with Emmanuel Sanders here because I did not know about Michael Thomas. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, 49 receiving yards. He's not hurt, is he? For some reason, no. He he just looked like shit on Monday night. Oh, that's what it was. Okay, so I'm actually going to take yes here. 50 yards for a receiver being the main target. He's going to have to go. Drew Brees is going to have to go to somebody, even if he is throwing for under 281 yards. And it's going to have to be Sanders. For the record, he had 18 receiving yards on Monday night. It's a little redemption game for him against the Packers. (laughs) Um, I'm going to go no. I'm going to say he does not get to basically does not get to 50 receiving yards. Man, so, we're different on a lot of stuff this week. Holy smokes. We are. So, for the six player prop prop bets, we are we're different on. No, sorry, three. Sorry, three of the six. And then we have one, six two, of three, the six of the games. Seven. Seven. Ooh, I can't count. Yeah, the split. Yep, the split one. Seven. Oh man, it's one of us is going to have a lead. Heading into next week. So that's going to be fun. Yours to watch. truly. Ha <laughs> ha. We will see. We will see. All right, everybody. It's Thursday for those of you listening. Enjoy the Jags game. Let's go, Minshew Mania. Let's go, Josh Allen. Let's go, Miles Jack. Please pay attention to number 44 on that defense. Miles Jack is playing like a defensive player of the year candidate. I'm going to stick to it. He is the man of that defense. Love to see it. Uh, it's going to be a lot of young guys on both sides, on both teams. It's going to be awesome. Uh, we look forward to talking to you guys next week. Uh, speaking of that, housekeeping, we are going to be recording on, we're going to be a day late is what I'm getting at next week. We are not going to have an episode come out Tuesday. It's going to come out Wednesday because we record on Mondays. You you heard how excited we were about this Chiefs-Ravens game. We're watching it. We're not recording. We'll record the next day. Um Austin's not going to be able to handle the big smile on my face if we recorded Sunday night. So we're going to just make it Tuesday. It's going to be a good time. Love you, Austin. And tonight we've been talking football.